I'm Shanna Hutchison, dietitian, blogger, and mama, born and raised in the heart of the Midwest. I believe that wellness goes way beyond what we eat and that our body size does not determine our worth. I'm passionate about showing other women how to live a life they truly love, one that feels purposeful, that helps them feel their best physically, mentally, and emotionally, and that being a mom can be one of the best things you ever do without it becoming your entire identity. This is a place you can come to hear vulnerable and interesting conversations about health and wellness, motherhood, entrepreneurship, and more. If you want to find freedom with food, learn how to improve your overall well-being, and stop waiting for a number on the scale to start living your best life and go after your goals, then you're in the right place. I'm so excited to learn and grow together. This is the Wellness for the Win podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I cannot believe I'm recording my December episode. That is wild. Time is absolutely flying per usual. We have officially been in our new house for over a month now, which is also crazy, but honestly, it already feels like home. I feel like we're already very settled. We like to get everything put together (laughs) as soon as possible so we aren't like living in chaos and boxes and just crap everywhere. So even though it was very exhausting in the beginning, in the first week or two, it was very worth it and we are loving it. I feel like we're adjusted. We've also moved a bunch, (laughs) a bunch of times throughout our relationship. So I feel like we just adapt really quickly to a new home. But anyway, we hope we are here to stay for basically forever. So yeah, (laughs) that is the goal anyway. So I got a lot of questions, especially toward the end of our build, because a lot of people who a lot of people were just confused, period, that we first of all, that we built again and that we were moving in general because they apparently missed it on Instagram. Apparently, Instagram has been hiding me from people with the algorithm. Who knows? But Regardless, I didn't actually share a ton throughout the process. We had some changes along the way. We had a lot going on, especially toward the end. I was pregnant and hiding that. So (laughs) I just didn't share a ton. So anyway, I hope to answer as many of your questions as possible that I gathered on Instagram in this episode today. And as far as things like finishes, like paint colors, flooring, tile, and other selections, I'm planning to share a blog post at wellnessforthewind.com where you can find all of that information so you don't have to take notes during this episode. Um, I also do have a, a blog post from our previous build in our last house um, answering a variety of questions about the building process. You might find that helpful as well, but I'm going to address a lot of similar questions on this episode today that may be a little bit different based on our experience this time. Um, So let's just go ahead and get started. And first off, a lot of people asked, why did we build again? I know I've talked about this a few times at this point, so I apologize if I sound like a broken record here. But again, a lot of people were wondering this. So long story short, we decided that we wanted a two-story house with all the bedrooms on the same level when we had another baby. So obviously, you know, when we started this build, we were not pregnant at the time, um, or I was not pregnant at the time, but we knew that that was hopefully our plan within the next year or so to grow our family. And so when we originally built our last house, which was a reverse one and a half, so our our bedroom was on the main level and Rhett's bedroom and the kitchen and living room and stuff were all on the main floor, which was awesome. And honestly, with one kid, it was amazing and really everything we needed was right there. But and at the time, you know, you just don't know until you have a kid what that's going to look like. And then when we realized, OK, you know what? when we have a baby, we don't want to just like kick Rhett into the basement and him be far away, especially like from what I hear from others anyway, when their kiddos are out of the crib, they 
you know, escape their bed or, you know, if they get scared in the middle of the night, whatever. We didn't want him to be on a different level from us. So we just knew that we wanted all of the bedrooms to be on the same level. So we just couldn't have anticipated what that would look like really before we were parents and we were in it and we knew what we would want and need for our family. So that is why we decided to build again. I guess with that said too, going on to the next question, a lot of people asked, why did you choose to build again versus buy an older home um, or an existing home? So we honestly, we just know what we like, (laughs) you know, and so we really couldn't find anything in our price range that we totally loved. We didn't want to do like a fixer upper or do do a bunch of DIY projects. Um, And I know that might sound silly or I don't know, like spoiled or something. I I don't know. I'm sure people have thoughts on that, but that's just, you know, truthfully what we, what led to us building. We just know what we want and we know what we like. And, you know, that the timing, the price, the location and everything just worked out well for us. We found a floor plan that we really loved. And so we just decided to go for it. So, um, and honestly too, like I said, we built our last house. So we've been through the building process before, even though it can be very stressful in a lot of ways, it's also really fun. You know, it's fun to have the ability to choose the things that you want and that you like and and also like watching the process from start to finish and everything kind of come together and come to life that you chose is really fun and exciting. But I won't lie, it's definitely stressful at times too. Um, There's just a lot of moving parts and a lot of communication and struggles with communication at times, things like that. But Also, it's a a blessing because Ethan and I really have very similar taste as far as all the design stuff. So that part is pretty easy for us to agree on pretty much everything. So yeah, that's a big, big help because if you and your partner have very different opinions, that would make it even more stressful. (laughs) So don't get me wrong. We had a few small disagreements here and there regarding like colors or designs of things, but I would say 90% of the things we agreed on and made decisions pretty quickly. There are, of course, pros and cons of building a new house and buying an older house. So with new builds, there's, of course, a lot of unknowns communication that has to be done throughout the process, you know, different people that you have to communicate with. Typically, you're going to be talking mostly with like your project manager. And um, along the way, you'll have other people that you'll deal with as well. Of course, there are going to be lots of meetings, a lot of decisions to be made, possible increases in prices or cost of things along the way. So that's always something to kind of brace yourself for. Or, you know, before you make that decision, be aware of what certain terms are, if there are going to be possible escalation costs or, you know, just different things along the way that could possibly go up because you need to, of course, be like financially prepared for that. Also, depending on the stage of your neighborhood at the time that you get into your new house, you are possibly going to be living in a construction zone for a while, which is our reality right now. Um, This is that that was also the case with our first build. And it's the case for us now. So. The good news is we know that it's temporary. And in the meantime, Rhett is freaking loving all the tractors. (laughs) So we have tractors everywhere. They're like literally in our backyard. Um, So he's having fun with that. And that's kind of the silver lining. But we got used to it at the old house. And before we knew it, our whole neighborhood was done. And it was a distant memory. And everything was fine. So you know, it's just part of the process. Again, you know, it depends on on when you move into your neighborhood and kind of the stage that it's at. But thankfully, we have kind of a good mix right now of houses that are complete or almost complete. Or of course, there are some new new houses or new lots that are like just getting started too. So kind of varies a little bit, but we are 
aware that it's not going to be forever. Um, and Rhett will honestly be sad <laughs> when all the tractors are gone. So that is one, one thing to consider. If you have little kids, they might really enjoy all of the activity. One downside about that too is because there are so many tractors around. If there's like any sort of precipitation, if I'm walking the dogs, it's like a muddy mess on the street. So that's definitely a downside, but obviously that could happen anywhere in a lot of ways. So anyway, someone asked, what did we dislike about the first house? So I don't want to say we really didn't dislike our new house. There wasn't anything specific that we were like, oh, I hate this. Let's move. It was mostly just the floor plan that we knew wasn't going to work out best for our family long term. So one thing also that we were really bummed about in our old neighborhood was that there wasn't a pool and there wasn't going to be a pool. So we hoped that when we moved in, we were in phase one of of our old neighborhood and we were we were kind of not they didn't promise a pool but they said possibly you know with when phase two happens there might be a pool in the future so we were kind of holding out hope for that but unfortunately we once they you know began phase two plans they said that there would not be a pool and so we were sad about that because of course with kids we wanted to have a neighborhood pool that was really kind of important to us and something that we were looking for in our new home as well and so that was just kind of a part of our criteria as well and something that we were a little bit bummed about other things that we didn't love um, but didn't dislike I mean they didn't make or break our decision again truthfully especially if we had one kiddo we probably could have stayed in that house for a very long time our primary bedroom was pretty small and didn't leave a lot of extra space for things which was honestly fine. I mean, we, excuse me, we personally don't spend a ton of time in our bedroom besides sleeping and changing anyway. However, with that said, I'm finding in our new bedroom that it is really nice to have a little extra space to feel less crowded. And it'll especially be nice when we have a baby and a bassinet and baby stuff in there too. And also in our old room, Ethan's dresser couldn't fit in the room because we also have two massive dog kennels because our dogs sleep in their kennels in our room overnight. So we couldn't fit his dresser in the room. So we had to keep it in the closet, which ate into a good chunk of the closet space, which is like the spot where I would hang like dresses and stuff. So that was kind of an unfortunate thing too. So, but again, you know, it was perfectly sufficient for our needs. It was enough space, but we are finding that we're enjoying having a little bit extra space in our bedroom. One last downside was we had a walkout basement in our last house, which has its pros and cons for sure. So we, you know, it's amazing to have a walkout basement, but with that layout, we had a deck coming off of the kitchen and then stairs, you know, wooden stairs to the backyard and then a patio off the basement, which we did end up expanding and we made it a really nice area and we, we honestly loved it, but we just didn't use it as often as we would have liked with it being downstairs, not being able to just walk straight out of the kitchen to go play outside without worrying about Rhett and like the big wooden staircase down to the patio, which might sound a little bit silly, but as a mom, that's what you think about. Like you're very aware of hazards and things like that, especially because we have two big dogs with no awareness of personal space. So if they, you know, accidentally bump Rhett by the stairs, that was just always like on my mind. So of course we could have gotten some sort of like gate or some sort of situation like that. Um, But we just felt like we couldn't easily go out onto the deck without, of course, watching him like a hawk. So not the end of the world. And it was really nice having a deck and a patio. But I honestly think that, or I know because we already have been, um, I know we'll use our patio a lot more now with it being right off of our kitchen. So that's, again, there's pros and cons to every situation. And having a walkout basement is amazing for a lot of reasons. 
seasons, but just like with the stage that we're in, I'm sure with older kids and not having to worry so much about him like falling down the stairs, I'm sure we would be using it a little bit more, but um, we just didn't get as much use out of the deck as we would have liked probably. So things that we did differently in our new house, that was a lot of a popular question as well. So again, the biggest difference between the houses is the floor plan. So again, this new house is a two-story, so all the bedrooms are upstairs. And then one of my favorite things is that I have an office, a dedicated office space on the main level, which is so amazing because I, of course, have my business and I work from home. So just having like a dedicated space that is mine that helps me like feel creative and it's just like a nice space is so nice. It's kind of a game changer for me because in my in the old house, I was in the basement. It was a, a gym slash office and just I don't know, it was perfectly fine. And again, very sufficient for my needs. But it's just very, very nice to have this dedicated office space. And I'm very grateful for it. Hey friends, interrupting this conversation really fast to tell you about a brand I love, and that is Hill & Hazel. Hill & Hazel is an online boutique owned by my friend Hillary that sells the freaking cutest clothes at affordable prices. She launches new items every single week, and I promise you will not be disappointed. Check out her page at Shop Hill & Hazel on Instagram, and you'll see what I mean. Whether you need some cute tops for going out with friends, a new dress for weddings, baby showers, or other festivities, or even shoes and accessories, she has you covered. She offers a great mix of basics and closet staples, as well as fun and unique items that you will love. You can use my code SHANNA10 to get 10% off your purchase at hillandhazel.com. Happy shopping! We also put much lighter wood floors in the kitchen of this home, which we love. Our last house had pretty dark floors, which were really pretty, but they showed dog hair like crazy. Our dogs are, they're, they're Aussies, so they have like multicolored hair, but it seems like they only shed white hair. Um, so it showed up a lot on the dark floors. So we really like the change and just the, the lighter wood is just so pretty and kind of like lightens up the space. So we love that. That is probably one of our favorite things about this new house. The basement and this house is not finished. Um, so again, with our old house, we had a reverse one and a half. So it was, you know, just a main level and then a basement. And so the basement area was finished in our old house. This one is not. That is something that we would eventually love to do. But realistically, it'll probably be another year or two or more, depending on costs right now are crazy for that kind of thing. So we will probably not be doing that immediately because there are some other projects that we want to do first, like screen in the patio um, is something that we'd like to do in the spring. So yeah, there's that. Otherwise, the only differences are mostly like design things. So for this house, we did black fixtures and black handles and hardware and stuff throughout the house. We went with a darker gray wall paint throughout the house as well. Our old house, we had Sherwin-Williams repost gray, which is honestly a beautiful really good light gray. So highly recommend if you're looking for a good gray. I always heard from people who, whenever I posted in my old house, what the color was, a lot of people said that they had the same. So the repost gray is really nice. And again, I'll do a blog post with the updated finishes for this house. But I want to say this new dark gray that we have in this new house is Sherwin-Williams Gray Matters, I believe. I will triple check that for you and, and put that in my blog post. But otherwise, still a lot of whites and grays and light woods in this house. We did do white stone on our fireplace and floating shelves on both both sides of the fireplace, which we really love too. I feel like it makes a really nice, pretty statement. The cabinets in the kitchen are all white. And then we have like a wood stain on the island and then the wood stain matches like the floating shelves on the bar area and the 
floating shelves by the fireplace. So kind of love the how it all kind of ties together like that as well. We also have a bathtub in this house. So we didn't have a bathtub in our primary bathroom in our old house. So that's kind of fun. Now that I'm pregnant, I'm like kind of like nervous about taking baths. I know you can totally do it and just not have like scalding hot water. But I am looking forward to taking my first bath. I need to just do it because I just haven't had a bathtub, like a legit nice bathtub in, I mean, really ever. (laughs) So it'll be my first time. So I'm really excited, especially like postpartum. I think it'll be something that I'll use and love to have, especially now that I'm back into reading. I think just like sitting in the bathtub, reading a book sounds glorious. Okay. So people asked who was our builder and how was our experience? So the builder of this home was Crestwood Custom Homes in Kansas City, of course. And overall, we had a really great experience. With that said, if you have ever built a house, you know that there are always hiccups along the way. It's inevitable no matter what, no matter who your builder is, no matter what the circumstances, there's always going to be stuff that happens. So there's just a lot of moving parts, different contractors doing different jobs in the house, a lot of people who have to communicate, meetings with, again, project managers and other people, and sometimes things honestly just get, get lost in translation or overlooked somehow or whatever. So our builder does use an app or did use an app called Builder Trend, um, which is kind of a newer thing. We didn't have something like that when we did our previous build, but it was really nice because our project manager would update things in there along the way as they were done. Like sometimes he would upload pictures or put things on the schedule, so we had like a rough idea of when certain things would be happening. So that was really nice. Overall, our PM was awesome to work with. So nice. Handled our concerns very quickly and graciously. And overall, we would definitely recommend Crestwood Custom Homes. So 0% sponsored by them at all. But we really did have a good experience. And shout out to Andy for being great to work with. So someone asked how flexible was our builder with custom requests that were not part of the original floor plan. So I actually can't really answer this question because we got into this build contract when it was already at framing. So with that said, we didn't have the option to make any tweaks to like the actual floor plan or the layout, which was fine because I honestly, now that I'm like thinking about this floor plan that we have, I don't think that there's anything that we would have changed anyway, like structurally or layout wise. But so yeah, that question is going to definitely depend on the builder and how custom it is because this, even though the builder's name is Crestwood Custom Homes, it's not like a fully custom home where you're like, you know, creating your own floor plan and blueprints and all that kind of stuff. So they have, you know, set floor plans for you to choose from and that's what it is. And, you know, if we did start at the very, very beginning when they're, you know, before they even pour foundation, we possibly could have made, you know, like a little bit of an expansion here or there or something like that. But again, it's just totally going to to depend. And of course, too, you'll have to consider additional costs that'll be associated with that. So of course, too, you have to think about if there are certain things that will be like a structural change that'll require a bunch of additional like support beams or something, or if it's just something small. Um, It never hurts to ask those questions, but it just has to be discussed at the very, very beginning of the process so they can adjust the foundation as needed. And also I will say too, with that, you know, again, we got into this house when it was already at framing, which if you can do that, I highly recommend (laughs) because the beginning of the build is the worst process. So like with our previous build, you know, once you sign a contract, 
you often will be sitting and waiting for several months to even get a hole in the ground and then, you know, getting foundation. It just takes forever, it feels like. So once you're at framing, things go a lot quicker. So I couldn't even tell you when we signed to this contract. I think like from start to finish, from when we signed to when we moved in, I think it was like seven months or something. So really not bad, especially compared to a lot of people I know are building right now and it's taking like years. So it just totally depends on so many different factors. So just kind of brace yourself for their to be some unknowns in terms of schedule. They can, of course, give you a rough estimate of completion date, but it's just hard to say, especially if you're if you don't even have a hole in the ground yet. But that is just one thing to keep in mind. If you find a floor plan that you love and they're already um, they already have foundation poured or they've already started framing, I highly recommend jumping on it because it's just way better <laughs> or way less time and stress, it feels like. So someone asked, how far out do you have to move to get a custom build? And this is, again, totally impossible to answer <laughs> because it just totally depends. So once again, like I said, we know people who have been building for like two years at this point. It just totally depends on your builder, supplies, labor, so many things. There are a lot of issues these days with like supplies being backed up and labor issues and things like that. So um, I'm not sure what this person meant by like how far out do you have to move. It just I guess it depends on what you plan to do. Like if you're going to sell your house or move into some sort of like temporary home in the process. For example, with our first build, we moved in with my parents for like 10 months during the process. So we sold our house first kind of based on like what the market was doing at the time. We were like, we can get more money now if we sell. So we did. And then we were obviously, it was nice because we were flexible on the timing that the house would be done. And we didn't have to stress over like when to list our house around the completion of the build. Because I know that was a, a big question I got towards the end of this build was, have you already sold your house? Thankfully, we did. We sold our house before, way before we closed. Um, and so thankfully, our buyers were flexible on a close date as well. So that was like the honestly, best case scenario. Again, if you like can ask friends or family or anyone if they'd be interested in purchasing your home way beforehand, that is the way to go because um, it just like minimized so much stress, especially when you have a little one and multiple dogs. You know, the, the thought of like doing showings and getting everyone out of the house and keeping things clean just gives me anxiety <laughs> to think about. So that was a huge blessing. And again, highly recommend that if you can swing it. Okay, someone asked how how long did the build take? So once again, because we got into this build when it was already at framing, we I think we signed a contract in late March or early April of 2022. We moved in on Halloween. So again, it was about a seven-month process, which was not bad at all. I kind of already touched on a lot of this stuff. But again, that was ideal because having it already at framing was great, cut off a ton of time, but we still got to choose all of the finishes and make all the decisions that we wanted to. So it was really like the best case scenario. Okay, next question. Did you wait until the build was done to sell your previous home? Again, I kind of already touched on that. I was skipping ahead on some of these questions. But again, you know, there's a lot of things to consider. I would definitely recommend talking to your realtor if you're working with one to see what their thoughts are on what the market is doing so you can kind of determine the best course of action for you and your family. But if the market is really hot at that time and you want to or you think you'll get more by listing, you know, you might want to do that. But again, you know, for us, we who knows? It, it's hard to say with the timing of things and what the market was doing. We possibly could have gotten more by going to market. But again, the the stress that we saved with the way that we did it was 100% worth it. I would do it over and over again, even if it, even if we could have gotten a little bit more. So just something to consider. 
Someone asked, how does it work financially? Like, do you have two mortgage payments? No, you don't. You don't have to start paying a mortgage on your new home until you move in. So um, no mortgage payments. However, with that said, and this might depend on the builder, and I should have had Ethan come on for this portion. Maybe I'll have him pop in. But you do have to put a certain percentage down in the beginning, like as you're signing the contract. So I don't know if this varies depending on the builder or if it's like up to you um, to minimize. Gosh, I'm trying to remember. Again, I should have had Ethan on. He's the finance guy. But there's going to be a minimum percentage that you have to put down when you're signing the contract for that builder. So again, that might depend on the builder and how much is required, but that is just something to keep in mind. So it's probably going to be a decent chunk that you'll need to put down, um, but no, you do not have to put pay the mortgage until you move into this new home. Some people also had questions regarding interest rates. Gosh, I really should have had Ethan come on <laughs> for these financial questions. Of course, interest rates are ever-changing. Um, I would definitely recommend chatting with your realtor and or your lender about your options because um, you can typically lock in a certain interest rate within a certain window of your close date. So definitely communicate with them to see if you can kind of lock something in and get a lower rate because, yeah, I know that they are rising these days and that is a concern for a lot of people regarding building. That was a definitely a popular question. Someone asked about budget and how to balance what you want versus what you can afford, where to splurge versus where to settle. Um, and I know I keep saying this, but honestly, this totally depends because what might be super important to you might not be important to us and vice versa. So you have to kind of weigh that out as you're going through the selection process. So I also recommend that you look at this closely before you sign a contract so you have a good understanding of what options are considered quote unquote standard. In other words, included in your package with your builder in which things are considered upgrades in other words, cost additional money. So all the upgrades can really add up if you're not careful and you're not aware of what is included or not. So for example, some builders might give you an allowance to put towards certain things like, you know, here you can have X amount of money for light fixtures. And if you go beyond that amount, then that additional money will be what you owe. So like in our first build, we went with all level one standard light fixtures. We didn't pay any extra to upgrade those because at the time it really wasn't that important to us and wasn't something that we cared to pay extra for. And one big upgrade on our first house was a third car garage as opposed to just a two car garage. So some of that kind of stuff you wouldn't think of is going to be an upgrade, but a lot of it is. So there's, again, it's important to be be aware of what is included and what is not um, and what's going to cost extra. But having a third car garage was really important to us. We knew from the get-go that that would be an additional expense that we needed to factor into our total cost. So other stuff would be things like door and cabinet handles. There are going to be levels of all these things. And for each level, the price goes up. So for this kind of stuff, we typically just go with the cheapest option because they still look really nice. It isn't worth thousands of extra dollars for different doorknobs to us anyway. And when sometimes when you're looking at the options, you're like, oh, I really like that one. And they're like, oh, okay, well, that's an extra four grand for the whole house for these doorknobs versus these. And you're like, oh, okay, these free doorknobs look great <laughs> um, or that, you know, the standard doorknobs. So just like little things like that, that you sometimes don't realize how much they can add up. Um, but oftentimes they're going to have some great options that are standard, that are perfectly sufficient. And also thinking about too, okay, which types of things are maybe things that we'll want to save on now that we could easily upgrade later. So for example, again, in our old house, we did all standard light fixtures and didn't do any extra fancy light fixtures because we were like, you know what? 
later on, if we want to update some of these light fixtures, we easily can. Like Ethan put in a few, you know, different light fixtures later on after we'd been in the house for a while. So that's always an option and something to keep in mind if you're needing to save money up front, um, if that makes sense. So other things to think about would be things like the type of carpet, flooring, different countertop materials like granite versus quartz versus whatever else. Um, These are all things that you'll want to think about. And typically your builder will have certain options to choose from so you can see what is worth it to you or not to spend versus save. Um, So again, you know, we went with as many standard options as possible and you know, made those decisions as far as what we wanted to upgrade on. So certain like tile, you know, some, some of the tile that we did was, was an upgrade. We did upgrade our light fixtures a little bit in this home, just things like that. So we, we tried to save in in as many places as possible, like the hardware and um, things like that. But there are always going to think, be things that you maybe do want to upgrade a little bit on. And again, there are going to be probably levels that you can do level one, level two, all the way up to freaking level 10 probably and spend tons of extra money. <laughs> but a lot of things I just don't think are totally worth it. At least, I mean, if you're on a budget for sure. Someone asked about what types of flooring that we did or if we did carpet anywhere. Yes, we did lots of carpet. The flooring in our kitchen now is engineered hardwood and we love the look of it. Again, it's a lighter wood. Um, I have pictures and, and videos in my new build highlight on my Instagram, but I will also make a blog post, like I said, with the names of finishes and stuff so you can more easily reference that information. In our last house, we had LVP or luxury vinyl planks, and we were very happy with those too. So the planks were quite a bit thicker um, or wider than our current flooring. But what we loved about LVP is that it's super durable, like it's scratch proof, spill proof, very hard to damage, honestly, which is great (laughs) with dogs and kids. And it was also standard or included with our first build. So it was, you know, no additional cost. So it was the obvious choice for us at that time for that reason as well. In this home, we have carpet on the whole top floor. Besides, of course, the bathrooms, we have tile. We have carpet in my office and then we have track carpet or like stair carpeting on the stairs, which is, of course, more durable since that's a high traffic area. But yeah, so mainly just like the kitchen and living room and dining room area, um, or I guess it's more like a quote unquote breakfast nook technically is where we have all the wood flooring. Someone asked about my opinion on the biggest must do's and don'ts. And I would say the biggest must do is really just having a layout that you know works well for your family. And obviously this probably goes without saying or it should go without saying, but be smart about the cost of your home and what you can comfortably afford Make sure you crunch lots and lots of numbers before you commit so you know exactly what you're getting yourself into financially and what your options are for getting out of the contract if for some reason you have a change of life circumstances and need to get out of it. No one ever plans for that to happen, but it happens. Life happens, so it never hurts to look at that ahead of time and kind of know what your options are. Um, And I, again, Ethan is a financial guy, so he crunched tons of numbers and, you know, we felt comfortable making this decision. But if you don't feel comfortable doing that on your own, chat with, again, a realtor or the builder or a lender or whatever that may be to have someone help you walk through that process so you know exactly what the numbers look like and all of that. So also have conversations with your partner, of course, about what is important to both of you and which things that you don't care about as much so you can make compromises as needed 
if there is something that one person feels really passionate about and that the other couldn't care less about, um, just feeling like you have kind of an even say with everything I think is probably helpful. So it's not like just one big, huge argument for a year (laughs) of building. I would also say to try to check in on your house as much as you possibly can throughout the process to ensure that things are being done correctly. Because like I said before, there are a lot of moving parts and no matter who your builder is, sometimes things get lost in transit or slip through the cracks or, you know, they just accidentally put something in incorrectly. So if you can catch an error early before it's too late to change it, that is always ideal because certain things, you know, they can't be undone once they get to a certain point. So, you know, as I know that's also easier too, depending on where you're located and where you're building a new house. If it's not like super convenient to go check, it's obviously a little bit harder, but um, as much as you can check on the house, I think is really a good idea. Um, And also try to have a good relationship and good communication with your project manager so you feel comfortable going to them with any questions as needed. So like I said, we were very thankful for our PM. He was really great to work with, which made the process a lot better, even though it was still very (laughs) stressful at times. And I hate to make any suggestions as far as must do's and don'ts regarding design because again that's just totally personal preference everyone has very different style I personally or we personally would go with more timeless colors and designs as much as possible so you don't get tired of them Um, and you know nothing too trendy but like I said our designs are all pretty neutral with lots of white and gray and light woods black fixtures and hardware and I feel like we can just add pops of color throughout the house with like decor so that's just our personal style but again everyone is totally different. So do whatever feels good for you and your creative process. Um, But that's just definitely something that you'll want to consider and, you know, which types of things you're doing and whether or not they can be easily changed, like paint colors on a wall, for example. You know, you can always redo that down the road if you want to. Um, But things like flooring or, you know, other big design pieces like stone or whatever that may be obviously won't be as easy to change later on. So something to keep in mind. So gosh, I think that answers all most of the questions that I got. I hope that was helpful. I do, again, I'm going to hopefully by the time this goes live, I will have had a chance to create that blog post for you guys with all of the selection information. Once again, I will link to my blog post that I wrote after our first build, which was back in early 2020. So it wasn't that long ago, um, which might address some additional questions that I didn't address here today. If you're curious to read that as well, I feel like that also includes more like finance related questions that I got Ethan's input on that I didn't today, clearly. Um, So you might find that helpful. So again, I will link that in the show notes for you guys. Please let me know if there's anything that I missed. And of course, if you found this helpful, please share it with someone who might enjoy it or screenshot it and share it in your Instagram stories. I appreciate your interest and questions on this topic and hope you enjoyed it. And thank you for you know celebrating with us as we have been in a very exciting and busy season of life with announcing that we're expecting and moving into this new house. It has been a crazy whirlwind of a time, but also very fun and exciting. So just grateful for you guys and all of the support. And thank you again for listening. And I will talk to you next week. I hope you enjoyed this episode and took away some tips or wisdom that you can apply to boost your health and happiness starting today. If you did, I would love it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a rating and review to help other women like you find my show and get inspired to start living a life they love. Also, take a quick screenshot and share it to your Instagram stories. Be sure to tag me at wellness for the win so I can see why you love today's show. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you next time.